Hello, everyone. This is the Going Beyond Normal podcast, and I'm your host, Violet. This is the first episode, and I'm really excited about it. I have been waiting to do this episode for a while. I think most people at this point would tell you their story, and I'm always a person that wants to get through the story real fast, but I know that it's important. So I'm going to be super quick with this. I've been on a self-improvement journey for the last 30 years, and I have studied and read and employed a whole host of different types of teachings and courses and teachers and modalities, and I, I like a lot of them. Some of them work really well for me, some of them don't, but I've tried to learn something from every single teacher, every single situation. And I had a lot of success. I had a practice that really worked for me. I manifested a job that I didn't even know existed when I was starting to do this. Built a company that was very successful with a partner and attracted a person that wound up being my husband with a lot of the qualities that I was looking for. And then I had a baby and he was a dream come true. But I got a curveball along with that dream come true. And that was autism. And autism threw me for a loop. I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to process it. I saw it as this thing that was happening and I saw it as negative. I judged it as a hardship. And this hardship threw me and everything else in my life into a tizzy. It just turned everything upside down and most of everything fell apart because of it. And I went into this kind of a depression and I was very functional and I didn't even realize I was depressed at the time because I was still functioning, but everything was very difficult. I was trying to claw myself out of this desperate hole I was in and I was going back to the things that I had previously done, the teachers, the modalities, the doing the workbooks, doing the workshops, the courses, trying new stuff. And I was just hitting this wall. I just couldn't get past it. And being on a spiritual journey as a parent is really tough because there aren't a lot of teachers out there that have had that experience. And so it's not relayed in those terms. For some reason, it seems that when you go on a spiritual journey, everybody talks to you as if this thing is occurring in a vacuum. And sometimes they'll acknowledge that you might have a family, but most of it deals with a practice outside of your family, you know, how to carve out time so that you can attend to your spiritual practice and then kind of keep your family and your relationships kind of separate. They talk about how to have good relationships and everything, but it's just not quite integrated. And then if you add on top of that, an atypical experience, such as having autism or having a child with autism, that one is a real head scratcher. <laughs> Nobody seems to have any idea on what to do about that and how to navigate that and have a spiritual journey at the same time. So for the last 10 years, 
I've been trying to figure that out. And I'm constantly evolving my practice, but I've found an approach and I've seen success over the past few years. I thought I better share it because I know that there are people out there that don't fit into that typical lane that a lot of self-help books are kind of geared towards and a lot of the methods that are being taught are not necessarily practical when you are a parent, much less a parent who is having a super challenging experience with a special needs child. So that's what we're going to focus on, the universality of challenges and then specifically how to handle some stuff when you're a parent. first thought of this podcast, I had decided to let the universe guide me with what each episode was to be about. Then in typical type A personality fashion, I made a decision to start with a topic of my choosing and I recorded it badly, I might add. Then yesterday, the universe reminded me of what happens when I try to force something rather than allowing myself to be shown. Queen Elizabeth II passed away peacefully at Balmoral and a rainbow appeared after it was announced at the gates of Buckingham Palace. And I knew that even though it isn't what I had planned, I was being shown the right thing to do. Turn on any news channel or read any paper all over the world today and you'll find the news of her passing and information about her timeline, accomplishments, quotes and plans for her mourning period, the funeral and the succession. I'm not going to do any of that here. As happens so often that it's a cliche. We don't know what we've got till it's gone. And in this case, it's not exactly true, but I don't think I realize quite the impact she has had on my life personally until I heard the words, there will be a king now. <laughs> no, that doesn't seem right. I thought, you know, I need a queen and not just any queen, the queen. Queen Elizabeth. And I thought, wow, I had no idea that her being gone would affect me so much or that I really counted on her so much while she was here. And I didn't realize it. Like so many Britons, she was the only monarch I had ever known. And while I didn't always agree with her or understand some of the decisions she made, I always held her in esteem. I was always comforted by the fact that she was there and I considered her role an important one. She reigned, but she didn't rule, and she was a constant in a tumultuous world. There were times when I didn't give her enough credit, but I have come to realize that I admired her very much. Her resolve to do what she thought was right, even when her decision might not have been the popular one, and not to waver on that, but to listen and absorb and then evolve her approach, was one that really affected me. To see her role as one of service to the country and Commonwealth and its territories above all else, even before her own desires, is inspiring. She made that promise at the beginning of her reign and she held to it for 70 years and until the very end. Her choice to be non-political allowed her to remain open to positive interactions and a display of kindness, tolerance, and respect that is 
far too often lacking in a political arena. And it's one that I really resonate with. To act considerately with dignity and grace in all of her public interactions and her constant messages of encouragement and hope and the belief that regardless of whatever we're going through, things would always get better is one I hold myself. She gave gentle guidance, but no one would have accused her of being soft. She loved and delighted, but her spine was steel and her commitment to duty unmatched. Her approach was a feminine one. It was definitely more yin, and she had tremendous success with it. She was an example not only to the kingdom she reigned over, but to the world of a leader without a personal agenda or an ego to inflate. A leader who simply gave her all to the task that was appointed to her, even when it was one she would not have chosen for herself. She didn't waste her time being resentful or becoming bitter. Rather, she felt the responsibility of one gifted with purpose. The let's just get on with it attitude is one that served her for 86 years, and it's hard to argue when you see the results. The notion of the stiff upper lip is also something that has been criticized over the years, but not giving into the emotion does not mean that you're unfeeling. Conversely, those that admonished her for a lack of emotion would have been the same that voiced disapproval had she wept and wailed at every turn, perhaps speculating that as a woman she could not handle the job. The simple truth is, she did what she had to do to serve as the Queen of England for 70 years in remarkable fashion, in circumstances that no monarch before her had to contend with. No one will ever know how difficult it was to be her, because she kept most of it private and no one will ever do what she did again. I feel incredibly fortunate that I was able to grow up in a world where there was such an accomplished queen at the forefront. I may be an American, but for 45 years she was the queen, and that meant something to me. It still does. I am incredibly saddened by her passing, and I mourn for myself, my son, who is half British, all her subjects, and the girls of the world for losing an amazing example of a responsible, steady, selfless, admirable woman in a position of power and one of the most respected people in the world. I can only hope that her son, King Charles III, carries on with her example and shows the men of the world what it means to be a king. I hope he shows us a powerful man who serves others above himself who loves and cares and treats women with respect and appreciation. A king who provides a message of positivity and hope in dark times. And one who listens and continues to evolve whilst doing his best to make decisions based on what is right rather than easy. I wish him the very best of luck and my deepest sympathy as regardless of his age, he has had to lose his mother in order to claim the role he was born to take. I have stood at the gates of Buckingham Palace, and it is an awesome and intimidating sight. No matter how much he has prepared for it, I can only imagine that is how he feels about this next chapter of his life. Awesome and intimidating. My lesson in this has been to take the time to look at things and do the best you can to see them for what they truly are in your life. We may regard things and people that have always been there just as ordinary because we are accustomed to them, when they might in actuality be enormous blessings that we never regarded as such. Also, 
We sometimes need to drop the need to control as much as we can when it comes to creativity, insight, and inspiration. What we do with our thinking mind is much more limited than what comes through us as our intuition and what the universe presents to us through our lives. Be open to what it's telling you and life can go so much more smoothly. This episode surely did. Because she lived an extraordinary life that was certainly not typical, and I am very grateful to her for it. I dedicate this first episode of Going Beyond Normal to Queen Elizabeth II. May she rest in peace. This entire day has been one, of course, redirection. It's one of those journeys when all you hear from the GPS is recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. It's as if the whole earth is trying to navigate this new world we find ourselves in, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. We are in a moment of flux. We are in the midst of a change the people of this world have not seen in 70 years. A change taking place not only in the House of Windsor or in the United Kingdom, but a change in energy that ripples out to affect the whole planet. It presents an opportunity to ride the wave and take a look at our own lives to see what might need updating. Are we holding on too tightly to the past? Would this be a good time to let go of old habits or beliefs that no longer serve our highest good? Or as I mentioned earlier, might this be the time to look at some of the people, places, and things that have become so constant in our lives that we've forgotten to appreciate them? Whether we choose to change something in this moment or forgo it for the stability, because at this time it's all too much, I hope we get on with it to the best of our ability with the determination and hope Queen Elizabeth left us as her example. I, for one, am determined to allow myself to be shown the way this podcast takes shape and the topics of the episodes instead of trying to control it. That's not a lesson I need to learn twice. My heart goes out to all who mourn, and my hope goes out to all who take this opportunity to reflect and transform anything in their lives, even a little bit. Until next week, love your life as much as you can and embrace going beyond normal.